What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's the holiday season. That means there's stockings to be stuffed and elves to be cuffed. Today's sponsor, Manscaped, has gone global with the tools to guarantee your score under the tree and the mistletoe. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. They've served more than 4 million men worldwide. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SPURS20. Their best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find the lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt and body, and the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations the crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine you'll also get two free gifts the manscaped boxes and the shed travel bag the dads can't stop talking about it the teens secretly buy this and the women will love you for it these formulations are all vegan cruelty free dye free sulfate free paraben free so you know their products are legit so Go and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SPURS20. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SPURS20. Get ready for the Christmas period with a free case of craft beer from Beer 52. And right now, listeners can get two extra beers free, making it 10 free beers. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash spurs and just cover the 5.95 for the postage beer 52 is the world's largest beer club every month's case has a different theme past themes have included beer from new zealand south africa korea and all over the usa and europe if dark beer is not your thing you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine ferment and a tasty snack don't worry though if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash spurs to get your case of 10 beers for $5.95. That's beer52.com forward slash spurs. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world that support Tottenham Hotspur, welcome to another Spurs show. It's me, Theo Delaney, here in North London. What a panel I've got in front of me. It's it's Fantasy Five aside. Uh, let me just let's get, see if we can get through this illustrious list. First of all, from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust, welcome back 
likely to be the only voice of reason, Pete Hayne. Hey. Hi there, CEO. Good to uh, see you and talk to you as always. Yeah, welcome back, mate. Then making his debut, the esteemed political writer, podcaster, broadcaster and all the rest of it, author, Steve Richards. Hi there, Theo. Thank you for inviting me on. Very pleased. This is the most nerve-wracking thing I've done all year. A debut, <laughs> always yeah. nerve-wracking. Well, that's good. That's good to know. It's good to know that the nervous tension is there. We like that. Stuart Maester is back. Stuart, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Theo. Well, as I, as I told you just now, at a sporting lunch today where I saw Mike Gatting and Graham Gooch, and it turns out Mike Gatting is a massive Spurs fan, so that was great news. Just so I know, because uh, you know, I need to. It will help me. Was it a boozy lunch? It was, although I didn't drink very at much. All. I, was, I didn't very drink much. at all, no. I didn't oh, drink wait a minute, you just said very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I didn't drink at all, in fact. No, I was completely good. I had too much Okay, to good to know, good to know. And John Crace is back with us. John Crace from The Guardian, fresh from the house, I, 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 I'm guessing. How are you, John? I'm well, thank you. I'm fresh from my own house. I'm one of the few people bothering to obey the, the, the Prime Minister's own directive to work. Oh. Okay, so you're taking the piss out of him remotely at the moment. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and sadly, been not being invited to any Downing Street parties. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe Which I'm sure it's just an omission and that uh, yeah. the invite's in the post. I, well, we would expect you to be top of the list on that kind of uh, list of invites. So yeah. that is that must be a yeah, technical hitch, and God knows it won't be the first. They've suffered. Now, this is such a weird Spurs show because normally, as you know, uh, I'm on autopilot. It's an easy job for me. I just say, what about that game we just played? What about that other game we just played? And then you just all talk about it. However, there have been no games because, of course, we're right back in the middle of the COVID crisis. It's come back with a vengeance. We didn't play at the weekend. We didn't even play the previous Thursday. <laughs> Actually, just remember, these things... Uh, we haven't even had a chance to talk about that, the insane European situation. Why don't we start with that? Before we talk about the second non-game, why don't we start with the first non-game? Last Thursday, we were due to play Wrens. That European competition had become an absolute embarrassment. It's humiliating us at every turn. And here we were trying to get a result against the team that topped the group, the group of life it was supposed to be. It turned out to be the, gr- the group of death. We're, we're desperate to get a result and hoping for other results to go our way just to scrape through to a playoff when suddenly the whole thing is called off in a, in a strange sequence of events where one minute it's on, then it's off, then it's on, then it's off. And um, a lot of bad feeling. The French had already arrived and were absolutely furious. It was like Brexit aftermath all over again. Did anyone think we emerged from that with any credit whatsoever? I'm going to start with you, John. Well, <laughs> I, I would take issue with you because, I mean, I you're saying that you wanted to win. I was quite happy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was quite happy for us to drop out of the com- the uh, the competition. And yeah. you know, if if the Europa Conference League decide in the end that they're going to award the match to Ren, I will be cheering from the rafters. <laughs> um, This is a competition that I think, you know, we are going nowhere in and we we should we shouldn't have touched with a barge pole. We should have tried to finish lower in the Premier League to avoid it. Um, So I I am I'm delighted that we didn't play um, just in case we won. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do agree, and I think actually, uh, you know, all's well that ends well. And if we do get kicked out, which it looks like we're going to get kicked out without having to play that game, that's absolutely a win double at the very least. Yeah, because then we haven't technically lost, and we can say it's unfair. Yeah, but we've got the result we want, and we can always say we would have lifted the trophy if it wasn't for that. Which, uh, yeah. which we will. I certainly will be saying that, <laughs> uh, Pete. Do you think, uh, but do, did you understand why the French were so upset? Because they'd already qualified. Yeah, I found that a little bit strange. Okay, it was uh, <laughs> a pain in the backside for them to fly all the way over. And you'd be told, was it three hours before kickoff it was going to be called off? So I can understand them getting a little bit uppity about that. But given the fact the training centre had been closed under government advice um, and we were going to struggle to field a strong side, I can understand them, well, I can understand UEFA getting upset about it because it was us who said we're not going to play before UEFA actually made a decision to call it off or not. So UEFA, I can understand, probably going to throw hopefully a 3-0 defeat at us and a massive fine. Mm. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah, but the fine's a bit worrying, isn't it, if you're Daniel Levy? Yeah, as always, because he's obviously (laughs) obviously lost the proceeds from the game, you know. Um, I know they're still trying to, well, we're still waiting on the decision of UEFA to find out exactly what their final decision would be. I I think Rens are being quite obstructive in saying they're not prepared to rearrange. There was even an offer by us to play the game tonight and get the Premier oh. League to call off tomorrow's game. But for one reason right. or another, that didn't get accepted. Certainly, I don't think it got any further than Ren saying, no, it was not going to happen. <laughs> um, I must admit, I, do, I yeah. disagree with John. I would prefer us to stay in the competition. You know, I, I can remember in 72 and 84, we weren't that sniffy about playing in the third European competition called the UEFA Cup. Um, and we won. Um for me, the more games, the better. The more games that our non-first eleven play, the better, in theory, they're going to get. Although the proof of that has never been shown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve, I think that split—that seems to split fans pretty much down the middle, whether we want to be in that competition or not. But I think Pete makes quite a good point in that. The UEFA Cup, a bit like the League Cup, when it started, it just seemed like a a very insignificant, you know, vaguely embarrassing thing to win. And it didn't take long before it became, you know, a major trophy. Maybe, maybe this competition. What what's your position on it, Steve? Do you, do you think uh, I'm I'm completely with John? And hearing your intro to this uh, edition, Theo, has reinforced that instinct because it was one of the more humiliating intro- introductions for Spurs. Really, when you think about it, you know, we hoped we uh, might win, and the other results went our yeah. way, so we could get into the playoff to get yeah. into the next round of this silly competition and if that's the best that was going to happen let's give it a miss and as you know the evidence is out that actually playing a lot of games helps us anyway and it's not I mean I know I take your point that the UEFA Cup became more prestigious over time but it, it did involve better teams than this competition who were higher up their leagues than this competition I think we're well out of it and just yeah. focus on the other stuff yeah I mean I, I can't help Remembering that when uh, when Conte won the league with Chelsea, they were out of Europe altogether, and that seemed to be uh, played very much in his favour. So I suspect he won't mind a lightened fixture list as well. It seems to be his cup of tea. Stuart, I know you bumped into the legendary Tottenham Hotspur fan Mike Gatting today at your sporting lunch, at which you 
took no drink whatsoever. And I was wondering uh, if he had anything to say on it. I know he, he had a couple of things to say about Spurs, right? Did he have anything to say about this European uh, debark? Uh, no, I think I think in the long <laughs> before, before he was there to talk about cricket, but actually once I started talking about Spurs with him, he he wouldn't let me go. He just wanted to talk on about because I think one of the things he did say was he he thinks we're better out. Ah. I'm afraid, Peter. I have to say, for me, this is a four-one defeat to start oh. with because I am totally <laughs> on uh, leaving. Am I right in thinking, I don't think this is true, but that, that Vitesse have also offered to drop out. That everyone's saying, no, after you. No, no, no. No, after you. No, no, you, you take my place. So I, I, and, and, and the final, I, I'm totally with Steve in terms of we just don't need these games. We've got much more important things. You know, with, um, given that we've got one school, one great team, and, you know, some other players who, who haven't brings us. If we won it, would anyone want to go to the open top bus parade down Tottenham High Road? Can you imagine all the fans of the other clubs laughing if we ever did that? So, no, I'm, I think we're better out. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay, Pete. No, I think we need to focus on Morecambe in the FA Cup. Right. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But next, the next game we need to talk about, the next non-event was Brighton. But as, I mean, I literally, I can't even think of an angle there other than um, you start to wonder when that happened, will we ever play again? But of course, we are going to play again because we've got, um, we've got to play Leicester City tomorrow night. And both clubs asked the Premier League to have that one called off. And the Premier League said no, which makes you wonder which club is in the worst state? They've both done press conferences, old Brendan Rogers and Conti, and they both tried to make it look like they've got the raw end of the deal. Um, but I rather think, I know Leicester at one point said they didn't have one fit centre half. Um, and Conti has said that we've got a few players back. He reckons he's got 14 or 15 players that are technically available, although not all of them 100% match fit. Sergio and... Uh, the Chelsea may be in the squad. How on earth? I mean, I, I, normally I would ask for you all for comprehensive, um, you know, predictions and, and a kind of, a, I'd ask you to, to tell me how you think this is going to go. Have we got anything even to go on, John? I mean, as far as this one might go. Um, I've got no idea at all how it's going to go. Um yeah. I mean, I know that. I mean, I think Leicester are in a worse situation than we are. Good. Uh, that's what I. That's what I. That's what I've heard. Right. But you know, the idea that they've got no centre halves. Do you think this might mean that Harry Kane might finally score a goal? Yeah, it's possible. Because uh, um, so in which case, it would be good to get him back. Honor, you know, know doing what he does. Yeah. Uh, the funny ever, thing is, we don't optimist. actually know who... When they, they've been very mysterious about who is and who isn't available. Leicester have been a bit more forthcoming. We know we know a lot of the players that they're missing, but we don't actually know. We don't know whether Harry Kane is one of the COVID lot. No, we no you're right. I mean, uh, Kane, Kane, I heard a rumour, and it's probably just a rumour, but, you know, it is said that quite a lot of, of the of Premier League players and top players around Europe have refused the vaccine because they're always really freaked out about putting stuff into their bodies because, you know, they have to be at peak condition at all times. And some of them have just been um, refused next when it comes to the vaccine. Somebody's told me that Kane was um, in that group. And now that this new strain is so virulent and so infectious, makes the others look like, you know, 
a tea party, you, if you haven't had any vaccines, you kind of almost get nailed on to get it, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I would have thought almost definitely. Um, I mean, you know, there are various people I would not want to see on the team sheet for tomorrow. <laughs> Go on. Harry Winks. <laughs> right. Okay. I, my heart, every time I see him in the starting 11, 11 my heart sinks. Yeah. I just kind of think he's going to pass sideways. He's going to slow the game down to give the other team a chance to get back. Um, everything's going to start to go wrong. Okay. Well, uh, we, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. But what the sad thing about that is, wasn't Winks incredibly promising? And, and Winks, when you talk about Winks, and he's a terrible, terrible decline. And I, I agree, he's never, never seems to do anything positive. But you can only also look to his side and look at Delhi Alley as well. Who's the Who's the worst of them, Steve? Well, in terms of terrible declines, yeah. Well, I I, I think the Delhi Alley one is more fascinating because he sparkled more than Winks. I agree with you, Winks was exciting briefly, but um, Ali was more exciting. And it's been discussed many times on the Spurs show and elsewhere, and I don't fully understand it, uh, what's happened, but it, it, it does. And it shows that football, like all sport, like politics, is partly a sort of psychological thing. Um, but that he has declined to a point where he's not even in uh, Conte's plans is, it, it, you know, part of a wider pattern. Um, so, I mean, there are others who fit into this bracket. You know, we could have a very dark game about who do we hope has got hope and can't play. Um, but we probably shouldn't uh, play that no. dark game. No. Um, but there are lots of others. But what I was thinking about, I was thinking how weird this game is going to be because the players and the management didn't want it to go ahead. And so they will be playing, not really wanting to be playing. But to be honest, that was like watching Spurs under Nuno and later <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mourinho anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think the big difference is Conte, even if he doesn't want it, he cannot help but be driven the moment a game starts. I mean, we sit quite near where he is. And when the game's boring, I just watch Conte because it's so exciting uh, just watching him. Yeah, and yeah. He will drive them to perform tomorrow in a way that Nuno could never do and Mourinho couldn't really do. So I think they will be up for it, even though none of them clearly want the game to be played. Yeah, it's actually gruesomely enticing as a game, isn't it? That, I mean, I'm really looking forward to watching it, actually, because because it's it's completely... There's nothing you could... I've got no idea what to expect whatsoever. No. I have absolutely no idea what to expect. Do um, you know it's on TV? Yeah, it's on TV. It's on BT, yeah. Oh, so fantastic. Yeah, yeah, BT3, I think. Yeah. Uh, may I say about Harry Winks? I've said this once before. The phrase, oh, amazing, Harry Winks has the ball. Now something exciting will happen has never been spoken. You know, it's... He's never done anything. No, I I agree with that. Uh, He was always a back of the midfield, steady sort of a player. And to me, I always thought he was going to turn into something a bit like Michael Carrick because he had a crisp, accurate passing. Not not spectacular passing, but he looked like a quality footballer who could sit at the back and be solid and distribute the ball, which is always a good thing to have. But uh, And then, actually, Southgate, 
for England played him further forward and he got quite mm. good reviews not that long ago you know only about two years ago or something goal, so yeah and so now I think it's very sad what's happened with him and I think it's very sad what's happened to Delhi. was anyone interested Pete were you were you not interested I mean surprised to hear when the, the club have actually now said they would they're keen to see Delhi go elsewhere in January did that surprise you Pete no it didn't um I think three managers now have failed to get a tune out of Delhi. Um, yeah. I would whatever, say, I'd say what, five. Well, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever the circumstances behind that and the reasoning behind that, you know, there's something seriously wrong. Um, I think there was some talk about Newcastle being interested, but Delhi yeah. had said he didn't want to go to Newcastle. <laughs> um, I also heard West Ham mentioned. Blimey. Well, because they, they, when they got old uh, Jesse Lingard this time last year, who was in a similar yeah. sort of predicament, uh, in as much as he wasn't getting games, yeah. and he's a similar sort of player, of course, very similar position and everything, they basically rejuvenated his career. So you can see right, yeah. from both parties, from Delhi's point of view and West Ham's, they could yeah. see maybe that's a trick they could perform again. But I rather suspect that Lingard, who we weren't seeing play, but I can't believe he'd plumbed the depths that Delhi has in terms of his effectiveness. No, no I, th- I think the best thing for Delhi to do would be to go abroad for six months. Um, yeah. If it is lifestyle, then getting him out of the country from any bad influences that might surround him, then yeah. that would, for me, be a positive and yeah. he has another opportunity. Um, going back on what you said about Harry Kane, though, I, I had heard, I've got no proof or no evidence on this, but um, I heard that he'd been persuaded by England to be vaccinated. Oh, so um, he did. He did take persuading, but he did do it. That's my understanding. I've, I've right. got no. I haven't got a secondary source to be able to back that up. But uh, I had heard that. That's interesting. I'd also, you know, sort of slightly um, back up Winksy because I think it was in the Norwich game. He came on for the last twenty minutes, and okay, it was against Norwich, but he looked a lot more positive in his attitude in going forward. And that, I think, is Conte's influence in trying to get that you know, into most of the players, you know, to get the ball forward quickly. Skippy does it naturally. Yeah. Um, I think Winks is looking to do it a lot more. Well, we know that Conte, you know, is the sort of manager, like all the really, really, really good managers, who can improve players and do so quite quickly. Not all players, obviously. He's obviously already, he's already had a look at Delhi and said, "No, no, 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 no. He can go." But maybe he maybe he will get a tune out of Winks because he certainly showed promise at the very least in his early career. Anyway, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about. There's a massive game coming up on Sunday. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. So, welcome back from the break. 
For premium content, I would like to remind you, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews, originally do- original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and you support the show in the process. Uh, Spurs show live season ticket events this season. You can go to season.spursshow.net and sign up for that. In January, our guest, and we're all looking forward to this, is none other than David Pleat, who, in most people's opinion, well, apart from, I suppose, before the great Redknapp team and the great Pochettino team, there was the great Pleat team and nothing in between. That was the 87 team, I think, anyway. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And please leave us a nice review on iTunes. Five stars on iTunes is exceptionally uh, useful. Next week, by the way, listen to this. We've got Eleanor Nicola, the great Rob White, and another Richards, Jake Richards. That's a father and son in consecutive weeks. We've never done it before. It's unprecedented. I'm very excited about that. And actually, while we're on the Richards family, Steve, because it's your debut tonight on the Spurs show, I'm duty-bound to ask you to recall your first ever trip to see Tottenham Hotspur play. I can remember it vividly, every moment of it. It was the opening game of the... 1970 season after the 1970 World Cup and Spurs played West Ham and it was thrilling for me as a very young kid at primary school because I saw a lot of the World Cup stars who were on display in that game and the game was a thriller it was two all and um you know, there they all were. And there, of course, was Greaves. I think them playing for West Ham. My memory is is uh, uh, going on that front. But they were all there, and it was a wonderful game. And standing up, of course, you know, wow. it was absolutely packed. Yeah. And, so, yeah, that was the first game. And, God, what a fantastic introduction to live football. I mean, all the, all the big players from Mexico were out there. Do you remember a, an introduction to live football violence in being involved at all? Or, <laughs> or yeah, yeah, I, I do, actually. I can tell you that one as well. It was a couple of years later, Tottenham v Man City. And I was standing there holding a programme and a few louts came up to me and said, hey, mate, hand us over your programme, will you? And I did and ran. And it worked brilliantly. brilliantly. Yeah, but you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have stabbed them at the same time. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I dealt, though, with 70s football hooligans. Yeah, run. Yeah, that's always a good... Because what made me think of it is one of my second ever game at Wild Lane was, was also against West Ham. And we arrived late, ended up in the away end, and it all kicked off when Spurs scored late in the second half. I mean, that was absolutely serious violence. I was amongst the Dockers. Yeah, very exciting it was. I've uh, never forgotten it. Very exciting. Now, of course, gentlemen, we have got something huge coming up on uh, Sunday, and that is the Liverpool game. I don't know if anyone's... Has anyone received this thing from the club today? It's about an endless list of disclaimers where you've got to tick boxes, and it's all to do yeah. with... All to do with COVID and <laughs> and accepting that they're not responsible for anything, but also accepting that you are responsible to bring your COVID pass and your masks and your... I mean, I'm not against any of that stuff. I think it's all for the good, of course. But I wonder if that will affect attendances. I spoke to a good friend of mine uh, on Tuesday and he's thinking of not going. Because actually, when you think about it, even in a stadium as enormous as ours... Once you're inside in those public areas, it's um, it's pretty crazy. And, and certainly no one's been wearing masks, really. I would say about 5% of people have had masks on at best. So I wonder if that will change. Anyone worried about that? Yeah. Or oh, John. John, you're worried. You haven't been out of the house. 
<laughs> no, I am seriously having second thoughts about it, actually. And yeah. whether to say, I mean, I really want to go and I haven't offloaded the ticket as yet. Right. But um, I've got my daughter coming over from America for the first time in two years. Yeah. And I really don't want to screw up Christmas. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there was a press conference from uh, Chris Whitty earlier in the e uh, evening. And he basically said, if, if you know, his advice to the nation, Boris was saying, go to as many parties as you like. <laughs> as me. <laughs> go to yeah. as many as me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Chris Whitty was saying, don't go to anything that you might regret. Blimey. Uh, well, that, that applies to every Tottenham game. <laughs> yeah, precisely. And, <laughs> and so the idea of sort of going to, going to Tottenham to see us lose 3-0 um, yeah. and, and picking up COVID at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think, I, you know, I, I haven't decided for good yet. Well, I know I'm, what my money's on as far as you're concerned. I'm, I'm not expected to see you there, mate. <laughs> I've got to say it. What about you, Pete? It's interesting. I watched the press conference as well, and I can't remember the name of the NHS representative, um, but she actually said towards the end of the press conference, you know, bringing forcing Chris Whitty's statement about, you know, if you've got any doubts, don't go. She said, you know, don't go to football stadia. Not in she so many said words. That. Oh. But yeah, not in not in exactly so many words. I can't remember exactly the words she used, but she said she wouldn't she wouldn't go and wouldn't recommend going to a football stadium. Uh, uh, yeah. And I was I was watching that with Jill and my wife and her is pricked up because it's her sixtieth next week. So we want to try and avoid so she, so she, any issues. You're so, not going to be allowed to go, are you, Pete? Well, I I've <laughs> Let's just say I'm not going to spend as much time in the pub that I would have done, but I'll just go to the stadium, pop in, pop out again. Fully masked um, up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stuart, let's go to the game. I mean, or not, as the case may be, but let, <laughs> how do you see? I mean, Liverpool, I, I mean, it seems pretty obvious that Liverpool, City and probably Chelsea, who have faltered a little bit recently, are on a slightly different level. I mean, Liverpool at times have looked frightening in the same way that City have. Can you see us getting anything out of the game? Well... Um, firstly, to say that the, the, the difference is, uh, I didn't get to talk just before when we talked about Conte, the difference under, with a Conte team, and we talk about wings and so on, is that the team actually plays with real personality and, re and real drive, and that gives us a chance. But for me, Liverpool are awesome. They are the best team to watch right now in the world. They're just incredible, the directness the accuracy, Salah. I will go on Sunday to see Salah alone, in, in, who is amazing, and 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 of course another one of the many players that we always watch, who we could have got Sadio Mane, who would have been amazing alongside Harry Kane. But let's not go there because he was almost ready to sign, wasn't he? And then they couldn't have returns. So I'm afraid uh, I'm I, I I'm afraid I can't see us getting much out of it. But I, but I, I actually want to see this Liverpool team in action on a full-size pitch live because I just think they are something really special. I love the way they play. But, um, and I know we're all hopeful, but um, I, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see whatever team we can put out there against them because the, the team does play with personality drive. They do close down. They seem to know what they're doing. They look forward, just like the Liverpool team does. Everything goes forward with Liverpool. And we're beginning to be that team too. So uh, the bottom line of it, my answer is no, I don't think we'll get anything from it. I think they'll beat us. But I think it could be a, a fantastic game to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's bittersweet hearing you talk about Liverpool that way because, of course, I agree they are unbelievable to watch. And Salah is now in that... You know those players over the years that are actually... Get, they they go into a higher plane. There's always one... I remember John Barnes doing it. I remember Thierry Henry regrettably doing it. I remember David Ginola doing it. Players that suddenly get to a, a level above all the other players. And Salah looks like that this season. But when I look at that team and I just think how much better than them we were about three years ago. Do you remember when, when they came to Wembley and we absolutely blew them away? They couldn't live with us. It was the day where Lovren got taken off after about 25 minutes. They were humiliated and embarrassed. And you look at how the, our fortunes have, have diverged since then and you just think, what on... It's just so depressing. Steve, what do you put it down yeah. to? Oh, Cap Levy. Uh, John, did you want to speak or... I oh, just sorry. wanted to say, just as a side note, I, would, I I remember that game well because I can remember Salah scoring for Liverpool. And at the time, no one rated him at all. And, you know, he'd just moved from Chelsea where he'd never scored. And, and when he scored, I turned to Matthew and said, who is this guy? You know, and, you know, look, as you said, now he's probably the best player in the Premier League, if not in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. But so, Steve, I mean, yeah. how did it happen? How did it happen? It, it happened because uh, Levy formed a view that Pochettino could work miracles without spending at the level that Liverpool yeah. was spending yeah. then, actually, when we saw them at Wembley, when Spurs were at Wembley and, and subsequently, and also by buying more wisely. And I, yes. I, and I think that's what it comes down to the, the the miracles that Pochettino performed in lifting an okay squad, but not a brilliant squad, into the top four without having to spend vast sums of money, gave Lee the impression this miracle could continue forever. Meanwhile, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, spending a fortune, not always well, but in Liverpool's case, well. And, I mean, you mentioned the, the game where we played well against them. They've come to the new stadium a couple of times and have just been incredible. That pressing yeah. the skill, yeah, yeah. just yeah. unbeatable. So, it's, it, you know, this sort of festive pessimism, I'm afraid I share. I, I know Conte will lift our, our, our team and, and they will give everything. But I suspect everything won't be enough against this lot. Uh, can I just say on that, just on the, the money, you, you've got to admire Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. That yeah, rock yeah. and roll football. He, You know, it's not just money, because we all know teams that have spent much more than them, particularly net, because they got that huge amount of money. For yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised I if actually that. net, our spend, isn't far off. But they bought two oh. key players, didn't they, that changed them completely. When we saw them being ripped apart by Tottenham Hotspur that day, they were so weak in the centre of their defence in terms of the goalkeeper and the centre-halves. And they went and bought the best of each. They spent the money. It, was, it took a colossal amount of money. But actually, they only got two players. But you're better off spending it, that amount of money on two players. We will have spent the same amount of money on, you know, Ndombele, Lichelso, and, you know, Bergwijn and two or three others. And who got the best deal? It's, it's, it's very sad. So, Earlier on, my uh, my youngest daughter turned up with her boyfriend and her boyfriend's mate. One supports West Ham and one supports Arsenal. 
and they're all going to the game tonight and, and a few of them are coming back here and staying. Can you believe it? That's what that's what my life's come to. Bloody house put, packed full of gooners and West Ham fans. the locks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what I, what I found myself... Uh, now, I I wanted to ask you guys because for me, when uh, West Ham play Arsenal, it's the same as whenever anyone else plays Arsenal in any circumstances. I want them to win because I never want Arsenal to do anything other than lose. But this is it's the sort of game... Even Chelsea. But this is the sort of game where some Spurs fans will say, yeah, but we could do with them getting a draw there because we're in a race for fourth. Or some people might even say we could do with West Ham losing this one. Does anyone else see it the way that I see it? Or, do they, or are you hoping for a draw or a, or a goon <laughs> victory tonight? Steve? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't see it like you see it, Theo. I mean, uh, West Ham, I mean, if we continue to do well under Conte, uh, West Ham are one of those who will be competing for that yeah. uh, fourth place. So we need to, uh, you, you know, I'm afraid we need Arsenal to get points off them and incidentally, hopefully undermine a kind of sense of momentum that's building up again. They had a lapse, but they've started winning again. We're playing them in a massive game um, very soon. So, yeah, I'm afraid I, I want Arsenal to take points off them. Blimey. It's still great news about Aubameyang, though, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, can you believe it? Two in a row. First, Ozil does it. And then they do exactly the same thing. They get their best player and they say, all right, you can have 350 grand a week. Whatever you want, it's fine. And then he just basically puts his feet, feet up as a cigar and drives around in his Ferrari and just doesn't turn up. I love that. That is something. That's something we can all celebrate, isn't it? What do you yeah. think, Pete? Who do you want to, who do you want to prevail this evening? Whenever I look at any other game, um, I always think, who do I least want to win? And when it's West Ham, Chelsea, or West Ham, Arsenal, or Arsenal, West Ham, I don't want any of them to win. So for me, I, I always sit on the fence and say, I want them to draw. Okay. Yeah. A, a draw point. wouldn't be bad for us, give, no, given the fact. They'll get a point each, but neither of them get three points. That's my outlook on it. Um, I'd you know, logically, I would like to see West Ham get absolutely thumped and yeah, yeah. bring them down for next but, week's but no one Carabao wants, Cup. But, no one wants yeah. to see the goons. Uh, no. 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 Stuart, you said you bumped it. I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier. Mike Gatting. Is, did he have anything to say, um, anything intrigued? Because I know he, he's keen to talk about it. He's a massive Tottenham fan. I mean, use the word massive advisedly. Is there any? Um, <laughs> is there anything about? Did he say anything in particular that was notable? No, no, he is massive and he's a Tottenham fan. Yeah, yeah he's both of those things. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, not really. He said a load of things that we've all heard on every single discussion about Tottenham in the recent past. We need to strengthen defence. We need a creative forward-facing uh, uh, midfield, creative midfield player who can set things up. Um, etc. Uh, he didn't think we needed a, uh, a new forward to, to back up Harry Kane. He thought Song could do that. But other than that, his comments were the same that any of us, anyone on the stands right. <laughs> would say about Spurs. There was nothing huge. In itself. The only thing he was he was talking about was he thought the defenders failed to look. His big thing was defenders failed to look behind them enough. You know, they don't seem to look behind them. They don't seem to look around them. And uh, yeah. So the answer is not not really, but it was really interesting because of who he is. 
He gave me a prediction for tomorrow night, which when the time comes, I'll, I'll share. Oh, good. OK, well, I think we are getting close to prediction time, actually. So instead of just the five predictions, we're going to get the six for tomorrow night. So that's good. All right. So, all right, with absolutely nothing to go on, because normally, of course, we would predict very accurately indeed, because we'd have enough to go on to get it almost, almost all of us would be exactly right. And the, the history of this show will tell you that. But in this rare occasion, we've got little to go on for tomorrow night. So I'm going to ask you all, first of all, tomorrow night, then we'll come to Sunday. For tomorrow night, Pete, Pete how do you see it going? I'd like a score prediction. Please. It's either going to be a boring nil-nil draw between two sides who just have never played together before, or it's going to be a stonking game with loads of goals and I'm going for the second option. We're going to win 5-3. Love it. Oh. Love it. <laughs> OK. Uh, Steve? Yeah, I think we're going to win. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be 5-3. I think it's going to be around 2-1. 2-1, but I think we're going to win. I love this insane uh, groundless op- optimism. <laughs> but here comes John Crace. John? I think we're going to win too. Oh. Um, I mean, I'm going on the fact that uh, the intelligence suggests that uh, the Leicester City uh, lineup is more crocked than we are. Um, yeah. And I'm going to go for 2 0 because that was the score when Matthew and I went and we spent uh, 12 hours on the motorway, a hard shoulder after <laughs> a puncture on the way home. Oh, um, and that was probably the worst, uh, the, the one of the best nights of my life to soon turned into one of the worst. <laughs> car, car journeys with you, John, are always a treat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I can also vouch for that. So, Stuart, where are you going with this one? Well, firstly, I can give you the world-exclusive prediction From of Mike Gatt, of great. cricket legend Mike Gatty. Yeah. Um, so wait for it. Roll with the drums. He predicts 1-1 one, one draw. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid I also predict a draw. I think a two-all draw, like Steve's first match against West Ham. And uh, and the re- I think, I mean, wouldn't we love to have Tielemans in our team? Right? Yeah. We'd yeah. love to have Tielemans or Madison in our team, yeah. both of whom, of course, we were linked with. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think, I think because we don't know who's in our team, I and mean, we're we're shooting in the dark. Yeah. You think we think they're weaker than us? We don't really know. Well, so I, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's what when, when now that you've mentioned Tielemans and Madison, I'm a bit scared now because they they <laughs> Tielemans been out, but he's back. And Madison has was out of favour and out of form. He's one of those players that he's either you know he can suddenly miss six games. He's not getting picked. I think he's he's like a really old fashioned um, sort of Keith Weller, Alan Hudson, Tony Curry type, isn't he? He's bloody good to watch, but sometimes he just doesn't get his finger out and gets dropped for six games. I think, but his finger is out. I mean, I watched him. I can't remember when it was. It must have been the weekend, and he was absolutely, I mean, excellent. The two of them were excellent. So I think they're going to have no defence but an incredibly potent attack, which suggests that we might be in for a high-scoring game. And I'm going to say 3-2 to Spurs. Yeah. Ooh. There you go. Now. Who's going to score? For Spurs, I think, I like to think that Bergwijn might get on the score sheet and... Bizarrely, and Dombele might have his day because he might get in the team because of the you know the the situation. I mean, who knows? He might have COVID. I don't know. But and Dombele is even more extreme a version of Madison. I mean, he's like got bags of talent, and but only does it for about roughly 32, 33 minutes per season. But this could be. <laughs> this could be that half hour. They're playing indeed as a central defender, aren't they? So he he might have an own goal. All right, number could be an own goal. Yeah. 
You never know. You right. Two two for Ndombele and an own goal for an Ndidi. There you go. Oh, there you go. Okay. Now we move I'm on. Happy now with that. I'm now convinced, Theo. Good. So now we go on to the Liverpool game. How are you previewing this one, Pete? I'm, as anybody who knows me, I'm always an eternal optimist, stupidly yeah. optimistic. But well, otherwise I, we wouldn't keep going, would we? I know, I know, but I've got a really horrible feeling about this. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> Liverpool are in much better form. They will have had games and they've played all the way through, so they're completely 100% match fit. We're going in, we're going tomorrow night with... I won't say the bare bones, but some very undercooked players who have then got Friday and Saturday to recover to come back out onto the pitch on Sunday. I cannot see us getting anything out of it. I reckon we'll lose 2-0. Oh, dear. Steve? Well, let, let's the optimistic side of this is that, you know, when Conte arrived, everyone said what Conte always needs is a close season with players, you know, to really work <laughs> Well, he's had a sort of close season, hasn't he? We haven't, we haven't played for about eight months. Um, the, the downside is most of them have been off with COVID. But um, so I I think they will, you know, the ones who will start will be fresh and fit. They'll have played against Leicester. But it's Liverpool. And Liverpool are just, as, as I said earlier, kind of unbeatable at the moment. So I'm afraid I'm going to do the reverse of Leicester and say 2-1 Liverpool. OK, John? Um. We were talking earlier about key players and, I mean, I think that we haven't really been the same side since we had Jan and Toby on song together at the centre of the defence. I kind of think that's what made us tick. Um, and we became very mean about giving away goals. Now we have Eric Dyer and Edison Sanchez and I can't see sort of Mane and Salah really getting that worried about them. And I think Manchester United, Arsenal and Chelsea have all beaten us 3-0, and I see Liverpool doing the same. OK. Stuart? I'm sorry, I, I've, I can't remember when I've ever predicted a Spurs loss just because it, it's been against my religion. <laughs> but I'm, I'm afraid I'm a, a sad convert um, I just think Liverpool are awesome. The one hope I think on that is Davis. I don't know if Davis is one of the COVID victims or not, but he's actually been playing very well on the left side of that defence. And yeah. it, he'll be against Salah. He's the guy that's really got to try and you know stop Salah cutting inside and doing you know doing those shots. So that's one. I mean, so such a distant hope. It doesn't even ring a bell, does it? I'm afraid. I think if we lost two 0 or two one, I'd I'd feel that wasn't a bad result. I, I fear a much worse result. So I'm going to go 4 1 to Liverpool. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I, I don't think we've myself. ever had a, a, a prediction like that on this show. I, I feel rocked by that. Completely rocked. <laughs> Did Mike Gatting make a prediction for Liverpool? No. Uh, no. Okay. Well, here's what I think I think they're much better than us. Uh, but we've got Conti. We've got grit and stickability. And I think back to that opening game of the season against Manchester City, where no one gave us a prayer. And we won. And we won by being solid, by digging in, by not giving up and scoring late. And I think we're going to win it 1-0. Uh, I hope you're... I, yeah. May I say... I pray I'm completely wrong. Well, I'm sure you all do. I, I really yeah. want you to be right, Theo. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah. I've never wanted you to be right more. 
<laughs> well, we've got that opening game of the season, haven't we? As that's what that's what I'm clinging to. It's what we've yeah. got to cling to. It, it's been an extraordinary season. I remember leaving that game with such optimism. Yeah, all of a sudden, um, and look what followed yeah. that. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. the model. Yes, that is the model mm. exactly. Now, before now, I'm going to take a screen grab. Now, everybody, smile. <laughs> There you go. I've got a screen grab, listeners. You'll be able to see that on social media. And all that remains for me to say to you all is thank you ever so much for turning up and for giving us the benefit of your wisdom at this really, really strange time in the Tottenham Hotspur saga. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, John. And uh, this is Theo Delaney in London saying... Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.